Hey, it's Chasing Lovely, and you're listening to James Talks. Hi, uh, everyone. It's great to be here again. Um, this is another episode of James Talks, my new podcast. Um, I'm James Prescott, and with me are Chloe Taylor and Taylor. No, not Chloe. And Chloe and Taylor Turner. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, we get that all the time. Uh, Taylor sisters, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and this is my first interview, so uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this and a bit nervous. And um, yeah, they're chasing lovely. They're a band from um, Nashville in the states, and they're pretty awesome. And thank you. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be talking. I'm going to be talking to them, and we're going to be chatting about. All sorts of things. So it's really exciting and I'm really, um, yeah, really pleased to be here. So here we go. So Taylor and Chloe, introduce yourselves. Tell your story a bit. Alrighty. Well, uh, we are sisters. Um, I guess you can't tell because you can't see us. <laughs> um, and we grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and... Um, we started, well, Chloe started playing music at a very, very young age. Yeah, I, I learned guitar at 10 and <laughs> then quit after like 18 months of lessons because my teacher wasn't teaching me Hilary Duff songs. He was teaching me Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't really feeling that. <laughs> now I kind of regret it. Uh, but yeah, and then what, a year later, I, I started playing guitar again or yeah, something like that. And uh just got sucked in and started teaching myself off the internet. And um, I thought I wanted to play guitar when Chloe started playing because I was kind of, yeah. She was really, really nerdy. <laughs> Let's just be honest about the situation. Taylor was a big nerd. And when she had this guitar, I thought, oh my God, if I learn to play guitar, I could kind of like shed this image, you know, and, and become like this rock star, like cool person. <laughs> And then I started playing, and I started getting blisters on my fingers, and I was like, you know what? I'll just stay in there forever. This is not worth it. <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> yeah, can't. But Taylor, Taylor's always been a writer. Like, when she was in elementary school, she used to write novels during recess and tape notebooks upon notebooks together. Like, this, this is a serious situation, okay? Wow, that is incredible. Uh... <laughs> like a 500 page book or something that's what introverts do they like don't want to play with the other kids at recess uh, they just go off into the corner <laughs> with a notebook introverts stick together i do that as well i did that as well yeah i'm an introvert totally yeah I'm alone here. <laughs> yes. yeah. um yeah so she's always been a writer and then that translated to um to print writing like she was she was the editor in chief of our high school magazine or not magazine newspaper, um, and then what you just started writing songs one day because I told, or no you tried to get me to write songs for the longest time and I was what fourteen or something so I didn't have anything to say because I hadn't really had any experiences to write about and <laughs> wasn't feeling it um, so then Taylor's like fine just teach me how to play guitar and I'll do it then and I was like yes. Because I've been trying to get her to learn guitar forever, and she'd always just cry that her fingers were hurting. Not not actually cry, because Taylor doesn't cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's what? What's the age difference between you two? Um, it's about two and a half years. Right. 
actually, you're, you just turned 20. I just turned 20, like, I'm 20 last too. week. Okay, like, so. You know, the weird thing is that when I first saw your pictures, I actually thought that Chloe was the older one. That's what most people think. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> In 20 years, people still think that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is actually a compliment, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah. yeah, so Taylor started writing songs and um, our... I originally started writing them for Chloe. I was yeah, very shy growing up and I didn't really want any part of that kind of being out there and singing and I didn't really think I didn't know I was any good at singing you know so I just kind of wrote them and I gave them to her <laughs> yep and I was singing them at my talent shows at school and all that kind of thing and um and then eventually we just started singing them together because she would have to teach me the songs to learn them and um I was like Taylor you're not a bad singer she's like are you sure you sure I'm not like those people on the TV shows whose parents tell them that they're good, but they're just terrible? I'm like, no, Taylor, it's not you. Don't worry. Calming <laughs> <laughs> um, my fears. <laughs> yeah. And then we went, started going to open mics and stuff and just uh, kind of snowballed from there and um, just kind of realized that we really enjoyed doing it and performing and playing music for people and then moved to Tennessee and, uh, just kept on trucking from there, I guess. And yeah, past few years we've been we've been playing music full time and making a career out of it, touring a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like music for me is something that I get to kind of indulge in uh, in so many different facets of my personality and myself. Because a lot of times I've gotten the question like oh, would you ever just want to be a songwriter and just write songs for other people? And I, But I love performing. I love traveling. I love being able to, like, indulge in different, like, the fashion of a musician, you know? Because, like, when you go out there, you kind of, it's kind of this whole world that you're creating, and I really like being able to create that space for but people. But, yeah, and you also get to experience mm. other people experiencing your music. Which yeah. I think is like the coolest thing because you can write a song and, and put it out in the world, but you don't get to experience firsthand unless you go to somebody's show who's playing your song. You don't get to see how people react to it, mm. how it affects them. So yeah, and no, it's just yeah, and I'm and I see the kind of I've seen your videos, your YouTube videos of all your uh, your video blogs. Um, <laughs> it seems like you have a lot of fun traveling around and doing a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just doing what you, doing what you love kind of thing. Because I think often, like, what we're, what we love is kind of similar to, or aligned a little bit to what we're called to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, with me, I know that with me and my writing, I loved writing, you know. I would write, if nobody ever read anything I wrote, I would write, you know. <laughs> um, and, um. And that's what it, you know, and that's that's what that's what it's all about. That's where kind of calling comes from a little bit. Yeah, uh, I would say so. I feel like it, it's kind of like this nice balance between what you love and what you're good at. And if what you love yeah. and what you're good at aren't the same things, then you have to kind of either work till you are good at it, you know, because most of these things do take work. I mean, you just don't come out of the womb like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is that balance, though. I, I, yeah, I, I listened to a talk recently, and um, 
one of the things they were talking about was how you, how it's not just what you love. It's you have to think about what you're good at as well. You know what? Yeah. Uh, you know you can't make a if you want to make a living out of it. I mean, we're talking about making a living out of it. You know, if you want to make a living out of it, you you've got to be good. You've got to have some kind of talent. You know. Yeah. If you can't if you can't sing, then you're not going to make any money out of singing, are you? And if you, yeah, if you, if you uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't play. I couldn't make any money out of music because I don't play an instrument. You know, I'm I'm not that brilliant a singer. You know, so. Um, but you can still do it, you know. You can still do it for the love of it. You can still do it if you, you know, because you, you know, because you, it's just something you love doing. But um, when it's when it's your kind of living, it's a bit different, I guess, isn't it? I mean, the the conflict that I, I don't know if you've struggled with this, but the conflict that I sometimes find as a writer is that I don't want to write stuff just because I want other people to read it. I don't want I don't want to write stuff just because I know oh that'll get a lot of readers, you know. Yeah. And I, I've kind of fallen into that trap in the past where I've kind of started writing for other people and because, oh, that'll get a lot of traffic or whatever kind of thing. Well, actually, the most important thing is to just be true to what's going on inside of you. And and yet, if you want to do it professionally at any kind of level, then you've got to kind of, then you've got to think about things like business and marketing and promotion and money and that kind of thing as well. And um, I mean, have you had that kind of conflict at all? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think for us people people are always asking us like, oh, you know, would you if you could have a label right now, like would you do it? And most people just assume we'd be like, yeah, totally. But I, you know, I listen. I go walk into a label meeting, but that doesn't mean I'm going to walk out having signed papers or anything. Because I, I think for Taylor and I, it's definitely more important to make the art that we want to make rather than you know making what's going to sell you know, and hit number one on the charts and um, mm. all that kind of thing if it's not what we feel is, like, important or what we feel is authentic to us. Right, and I think part of that um, is, is a big reason why we kind of took the leap to do music full-time and go out on the road and tour, and we basically had to sit down and really have kind of a business plan, in a sense, um, for ourselves so that we don't have to rely on other people so that when we do, if we do make those choices to team up with other people, it's our choice and not something that we have to do to survive. So if we can learn and you definitely have to be creative in that way and you do have to sacrifice certain things, um, social life. I mean, when you're out on the road <laughs> for four months and you don't see your friends, um, you're definitely making different sacrifices, but you have to say, okay, what's more important? Is like my freedom more important or is having a paycheck more important? That's like, you know, and so I think finding that sort of freedom to be able to do what we want to do the way that we want to do that, you know, you have to, you have to have a business plan for that. But I think it makes it good for us. If we can really learn to do this on our own, we have the freedom to make the decisions that we want yeah, to make. We have not the freedom to make make the art that we want to make too instead of just saying oh what's going to sell and what is going to catch people's ear at the you know immediately and I don't know <laughs> I mean we still like catching people's ear <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's absolutely I mean I, I'm totally with you there. you know I've, um, like, I mean I've, I've been talking to people I'm writing a book at the moment which I'm going to publish next year hopefully awesome. um, and like I've said to so many people, um, that the day that that goes on goes live on Amazon, it's a success. You know, it's not. 
just because I did it and I put it out there. You know, that's it. You know, that's 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 a success because I made the art that I want to make, and that's the most important thing. And actually, I think people connect with that a lot more than art that's simply made just because it'll get loads of stats and let it get loads of numbers and all that kind of thing. And I know writers that I know writers that make art simply because they want they want to get big numbers, and it does quite well. You know, it does really well. It's successful and stuff. But but it's but it's but 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 when you look at it, it's just not it's not real. It's not authentic and it's not honest. You know, it's kind of they've kind of sacrificed their soul a little bit for yeah for the for the glory. Their their motive wasn't creating great work. It was making money. And um, you know, when I coach when I coach writers, I always tell them to start with the fact that you're enough and that you're okay as you are and that, with grace, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Because if you can accept yourself there with all the kind of your insecurities and your fears and your doubts and everything like that about yourself and you don't need to prove yourself to anybody, then, you, then you're, and you're able to be vulnerable with God and with yourself and with others. Then yeah, you, you're totally free to create without any fear. And, yeah, um, your value is not in what you create. Your value is already there. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds like you're doing that. You know, mm-hmm. you're creating without fear, you know. And you can see it. You can see it in the videos that you make as well. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what have you been up to last few months then? Like recently? Oh man. Well, we this past week we just got home after being on the road for about four months. Yeah. <laughs> Living um, out of your car for four months will teach you that you can be a minimalist if you want to. <laughs> You put your yeah. mind to it. You're like, I can live out of a suitcase for this long, and I'm not any less happy than I am at home with all the rest of my stuff. That was just our little side note. And uh, oh. yeah, but we've been on the road. We've been uh, we've toured the West Coast at the beginning of our tour, and we were in Arizona, um, Colorado, like New Mexico, all of that, and farther west, like around California, and then the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then we, we headed back Midwest, which is where we're from, um, and we toured the Midwest, and then we came home. And so that is what we've been doing, playing shows, um, meeting strangers, <laughs> playing for strangers in their homes because we play house shows. So we play in people's living rooms and in their backyard, and, you know, it's kind of this just grassroots sort movement of for us. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's the way to go, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a cool way to really get experiences and, and meet people. That's part of what I love about what we do is being able to meet other people and hear their stories and see how they live because that's the kind of stuff that inspires me, you know? So. Yeah. Great. Great. So what's kind of your what's kind of your creative process then behind kind of what you do? Because you've, you've released an EP, haven't you, which is, oh, by the way, I've heard the CP, everyone. It's awesome. You have to go and buy it. Go to their website and buy it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and I don't get any money to say that. Um, um, but, yeah, you've just released you've released an EP, haven't you, called um, Unbridled? Yeah. So um, what was the kind of creative process behind all of that and your general creative process? Okay, well, I would say um, the creative process really starts when I sit down to to write new songs and I usually write them um right before we go out on tour 
Um, so now, you know, we're going to have a few more shows this fall, but then in the winter is really when our touring slows down because it's the holidays. So that's usually when I sit down to really kind of process what I've been going through, um, what's inspiring me at the moment. And I sit down to write the songs, um, for the next tour and the next project that we do in the studio. But this past project, it had been two years since we'd actually gone into the studio and recorded, um, because it's very expensive. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know, for me, for this particular record, um, I found that most of the songs that I wrote for that happened all at the same time. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, here's a song from like a year ago, here's this. I, I would say, four, was it four out of the five songs, I think, were written in the same week, maybe, wow. at grandma's retirement home. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> if anybody wants to know the real key secret about my creative process, it's go to grandma's retirement home and shut yourself off in the conference room. <laughs> and all of the great songs come out there. I don't know what it is. There's something magical in that retirement home. I can't put my finger on it, but all my great songs happen. So that's really where it really starts. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I kind of write the song and then um, it's very bare bones and I bring it to Chloe to sort of um, teach her. And I like going to Chloe with a song and having a fresh pair of ears. That's the one benefit. You know, I do like writing with Chloe sometimes, you know, when she wants to write with me. Um, that's <laughs> it's like you were. It's right like. There two or three times a year <laughs> when I'm really tired and uh, it's the middle of the night. Yeah. It's like, right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it's really great to be able to bring a fresh song to her who hasn't been toiling over it. And um, to have a fresh set of ears to hear it. So when we arrange it, something new and cool can happen. So I'll play the song for her. I'll get her to memorize it loosely, like not drill it into her brain to the point where it's like, this is set in stone now. Um, but loosely kind of understand, and then we kind of figure out, okay, whose voice sounds better at what parts, like which which is going to complement this line or this chorus, and so we figure out who's going to do the harmonies and who's going to do the melodies and what the vibe of the song is going to be. Right. And, yeah. And, and so, how to keep it interesting the whole way through, so it's not like, oh, you get to the second verse, and it's like, oh, the same stuff's going to happen over and over again. Right. That's Taylor's yeah. worst nightmare. <laughs> I like keeping people captivated if I can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then once we've kind of gotten arranged, I would say we're the kind of people who really like to play our songs in front of an audience for a little bit before really um, laying them down in the studio, just because I feel like that's when their personality really comes out. Mm -hmm. um, vocally, I would say, especially. Um, what, what we kind of emphasize, where the inflections are. Um, it's not, you don't always have that luxury if you just wrote this really great song right before you go into studio and you're like, okay, well, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do this at live shows, you know, <laughs> several times around. But uh, for right now, that's kind of been our process is to really play them, um, get comfortable with them at a show and then go into studio. And um, then in the studio, it starts out a whole new process of just, yeah, then it's like a third set of ears, aka our producer, who's like, hey, how about this? How about that? And then you're just like, why didn't I think of that? You're a genius. <laughs> yeah. And then it just takes it to another level. So yeah, the song just evolves. It's really, really crazy to see where it starts from point A and then going to point Z. I know it's nuts. It goes through a transformation. So yeah, it sounds really familiar. It's kind of, it sounds like you create a space where you can, where you can create 
almost like you create conditions that you can create or you can be inspired where you can kind of just disconnect from people and allow what's inside to come out yeah definitely yep. what she does <laughs> yeah that's please everybody leave the apartment and don't come back for a week no. yeah. <laughs> i love solitude when i'm writing i i really like that aloneness because it's you're putting yourself in this vulnerable position and i feel like you know if you're trying to create something that's honest we don't always like to be honest around other people and so it's really nice to be able to be with yourself and because you can really, you can, I mean, you can't always be honest with yourself. God knows I'm not always honest with myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really attempt to, to kind of get at the root of things and say, okay, like if I am being 100% real right now, like what's happening and let's get that down and let's say what, you know, I'm afraid to say because that's what everybody else is probably afraid to say and we all need to kind of hear that and recognize it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting listening as a writer because I, and an introvert as well. I can't write with other people around. You know, I live on my own, and um, I, I, that's that's a really good thing because it means I get loads of space to just write on my own, like without anybody interrupting me. You know, and I turn the turn the lap turn well, I don't turn the laptop off, um, <laughs> turn social media off, turn my phone off. You know, and just write, and just like every every day, I do a bit of free writing as well. I just get my like on the way to work. I get my iPhone out, open my private Tumblr blog, just write without thinking about it. And like I had a season where I literally that's all I did because I stopped public. I stopped writing publicly for a while, and I just did that. And it was the most creative part of my life. It was kind of it was, yeah. I, I just got so many great ideas from that, and. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking of making it an, every, an annual thing where I just take a break and just do that because it gets it gets you in touch with what's inside. I talk I, I talk about when you do that, like you can do. I mean, you can do it with music as well, like you know, sitting playing and something comes out, you know, whatever comes out, or you can do it with drawing or painting or anything. And it's just, I think it's your subconscious speaking to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's something about about writing without the without thinking that anybody is ever going to read it because like because then you can really you can be honest and and you don't have to think about oh what are people going to think if I say this or if I say that or how am I going to make them like me (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's pretty cool so you're so that means you'll be working on I presume you'll be working on some new stuff now kind of thing uh you just got back from a tour yeah um chloe and i we we, i'm always writing and working on on new stuff i would say immediately kind of what we're we have on our horizons that we're really thinking about um which these kinds of things usually hit us when we get off tour we're like oh no we can finally think so (laughs) i don't know i think in the in the near future a video um for our songs is in the works but we with all of this kind of stuff, we, we, we really like to take a lot of time and thought into it because we don't mm. want just this self-indulgent video. Oh, look at me here. Like I'm going to play my guitar and here's like a really nice wide angle shot or something like, you know what I mean? That to us, you know, each art form and we, maybe we take this stuff way too seriously. Like even when we're making our merchandise, we're like, we want this to be art. Like our band t-shirt. No. Like, let's hire an artist that this like means a lot to them. And like, let's use that to be able to, to kind of get different forms of art out. But like for videos too, we want to be able to tell a different kind of story because if you're going to make a video, it has to tell 
some sort of, or it has to add on to what you have. Yeah. Otherwise, why not just have the recording and leave it at that? If you're not going to do something different that makes some people feel something a little bit different or maybe see the song differently in a different light or, you know, grasp something differently, um, there's no point in doing that. So I think we just have to kind of figure out, like, making sure that this video is really going to tell um, kind of a neat, different story um, and yeah. to work with that I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, that's kind of, that's exactly what I kind of like to do. I like to, you know, do everything well, you know. Um, like, I mean, podcasting is a new medium for me, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that in a really good kind of my way, you know, yeah. but in a kind of creative way, something which is different. I don't want to just copy everybody else's podcast, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, it'll be easy to do that. And um, I want to make it raw. I mean, that's why I haven't got, like, a signature tune and all this kind of thing, because I I just don't... I want it to be kind of real and honest and stuff like that, and that's that's kind of my style. And, Absolutely. Um, but, why, why put into the world what's already there? Yeah. There's no point in doing that. If we've already got podcasts that looks like this, this, and this, well, we've already got it, so there's really no point. Put something out into the world that you don't have to enrich it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's interesting you talk about the videos as well because I saw um you know these guys um Ganga they're um Yes. <laughs> they rock. They're, another 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 recommendation there. Um their new album uh, One Wildlife Spirit I think it's called. Soul. Soul. Oh, Spirit's coming next, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't, yeah, I can't keep up. Um but they've got some videos on their on their YouTube Page, which are just amazing you know like one of one of the videos i think is um it's about mentally disabled children huh. and okay. it's just like highlighting the cause of like mentally dis the mentally disabled is that for uh i think it is yeah and yeah. that's a really that's really cool you know that's a really yeah. good good way to use that medium isn't it i mean there's always different ways you can use a medium. There's always new things you can try, and we shouldn't be afraid to experiment. So yeah, I say go for it. Yeah, do something different. <laughs> I... yeah. So um, so yeah. I mean, I first encountered you guys at um, the Keep Going event. Uh, like when I was in England and I was following it on Twitter because I just because I because I love Rob Bell and I went to his two-day event here in London and yeah. it blew my mind kind of thing and um and I just connected with loads of people on Twitter uh including yeah. Chloe <laughs> yeah um, there's not enough people tweeting about this event and I was like seriously guys like get it together and then I thought you were there because you were tweeting everybody, and then I was like, oh, where's this James guy? And then I was like, oh, he's in London. I guess he's not actually here. And Taylor thought, Taylor thought I met you. Yeah. And she's I, like, yeah, you met him, right? And I was like, no, I've never met him. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, he was just talking to me on Twitter, okay? Like, we were just all talking on Twitter, just whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Pete, Pete Rollins, actually, because I created some stuff on, Word, on WordSwag. Yeah. Uh, with some quotes and stuff. And Pete Rollins tweeted me and said, that's really good. You should do this quote as well. So I did, and it was so cool. The amount of Peter Rollins like uh, podcasts I forced Taylor to listen to after that, like he's awesome, isn't he? Yeah. Actually, like 
we probably quote him at least three times a week. Probably. <laughs> he just put, and he's got loads of YouTube clips as well, and just so many on there. Really, really good stuff. Just my, yeah. makes you think, yeah. I've never heard him speak at, and I've heard him speak once at Greenbelt, which is a oh. festival you should play at in the UK. It'd be just, it's just up your street. It's, a, okay. it's kind of a Christian arts festival. Okay. And it's kind of like on the kind of, on, on, on the kind of keep going kind of perspective. You know, Rob's spoken there a few times and Pete's spoken there. And, okay. You know, these kind of people have spoken there. So it's, um, yeah. and it has bands and a main stage and all this kind of thing. You, you've got to go there. You'll, you'll be brilliant. Seriously. Okay. When you come to England, that's when you go. And it's, they've just had it. It's the August bank holiday weekend. But, okay. um, but yeah. yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'll go whatever. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was talking about the because so, yeah, having met you at the kind of keep going event, I was think I was interested in your kind of spiritual journey as well. I don't, you know, where you come come from and where you're kind of going and your your kind of perspective, you know. um, Oh yeah, totally. Well, I feel like Taylor and I we've gone. It's definitely very different directions, but kind of coming to a similar similar space in the past what even I feel like since tour like in the past four months we've really like kind of gotten very similar in our understanding of things but um Taylor and I we both like kind of grew up going well not we went to church when we were like little kids and then stopped going to church and then would go when we went to our dad's um in Chicago for like the summer, so um, well, and we had this summer camp every summer, this church summer camp that we would go to, um, and it happened every single summer. Yeah, and it was pretty intense. That was like yes. through high school, <laughs> and it it was what you imagine, like you know, high school church camps, big bands, lights, and thousands of kids, and lots of uh, crying altar calls at the end, like just when you're expecting them. And I mean, it it was awesome. I really liked it. And it, you know, it it shaped me. Um, And Taylor, but I've always been like very emotionally driven where Taylor's super logical about things. So (laughs) so she's just like, come on guys. Like, I'm not going to speak for you, but (laughs) I I think, you know, I just started to feel a little bit of, I don't know, like a, not like tension, but something like rubbing up against me, I guess, uh, emotionally, because um, some of the way that, you know, things are done at these kinds of camps or at different churches and stuff, it kind of fits a certain formula. And when you don't fit inside that formula, you really start to feel like you're not understood or that, you know, I don't know. It just, I remember very distinctly (laughs) when, um, I was sitting in one of these like really emotionally charged worship services, um, you know, where everybody is like standing and, and singing and raising their hands and crying. And I was kind of just looking around and, and I just thought, I don't really want to do this right now. Like right now, this is not what I'm feeling. And, and I want to just kind of sit, sit down and sit there and kind of, you know, ingest it differently. And so I sat down in my seat and I I just kind of watched everybody and observed the situation. And then one of my leaders came over and she was like, oh, is something wrong? Like, do we need to talk about this? Like, are you okay? And I was like, 
yeah, I'm fine. I was like, you know, people can worship in different ways if they want to. And I was probably not been that sad at that moment. But I just thought, okay, just because you're not like outdoing the person next to you and jumping higher than the person next to you, suddenly you're not as spiritual or you're not this or that. And I just kind of wanted to question all of these like conventional ways of doing things because it wasn't my thing. And I was like, well, there's got to be other people out here that this isn't their thing and what, how they want to do it. And I don't know. I just, that's kind of how everything sort of started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that, so that happened. And, and, but like for me, it it worked for me. And, and, um, so our experience was very, very different. And, um, I feel like Taylor ended up like just kind of, what, were you just kind of done with yeah, religion. I just kind of said bye. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt if, if if going to church actually makes me leave feeling like a worse person than when I went in, I don't feel like this is healthy for my life. <laughs> I was like, I just mm. go in and I, and I feel like I'm just, you know, these guilt messages are coming like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Mm. And it was, I didn't really want to do those things. I'm the kind of person who I'm very tame, like, I sit around and like I bake and I read and I like I don't really have a whole lot of temptation for like these you know quote evils in the world or whatever but at the same time even though I didn't struggle with you know these things I still felt like crap when I was leaving I was like I just feel like oh like depressed and Mm. sad (laughs) yeah church should never be a place where you come out feeling like worth like you're worth nothing and that you're kind of you know, you're you're a horrible person and that kind of thing. I mean, church should be a place. You should get challenged in church and kind of convicted and things. You know, that's a good thing. But feeling yeah. feeling guilty and negative and like like a like a worse person, and yeah, it's, it's just like the whole message like you're not you're not worth worthy. You're a sinner. You're this, and it's just like okay, but you're loved. You know, God is good. That despite all your you're a really terrible person. But, you know, it's just like, that's just not necessarily a message that is good to hear all the time. Right? <laughs> no. I felt like the messages weren't challenging. They weren't challenging. They said, you know, you, every now and again, they'd be like, oh, it's, you know, God can handle your doubts or whatever. But then they would never challenge anything. And, and it just, I guess it wasn't intellectual enough for me. And I was like, okay, well, if it's, if God is like this, you know, all creating, like, powerful you know everything why are you putting god in a box and why is this not smart like because god is definitely smart and intellectual and you know and i just thought wow why are we just dumbing this down for everybody yeah so taylor kind of starts going down her intellectual path and i'm like clinging to whatever i can cling to with desperation um because like it was just my identity was wrapped up in in my faith a lot and um so I wasn't I wasn't about to let go of it um and and I feel like once we once we moved to Tennessee um you know I started going to church down here and and Taylor and my mom actually they just they just start asking me questions and they start like proposing these ideas like well, why is it, you know, why would God send people to hell, like, blah, 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 all this kind of idea, why, so since it was easy, since you were, you know, raised in America, and 
in a Christian family, so it's easier for you to get the path to salvation and somebody else who was in somewhere else raised by a different family who gave them this faith, you know, they're just going to go to hell because they just didn't get the right one. And, um, and just all those kind of things that just, you're like, Oh crap, like that's real. And, (laughs) but, but I wasn't about to tell them that I'm like, Oh yeah, that kind of bothers me. But at the same time I was being very bothered by it. Hmm. And, um, and so I would bring these kind of questions to people at my school who were kind of, you know, the Christian group at my school. And I would just kind of be the one just stirring things up all the time and asking them these questions because I felt safe in a place to ask people these questions. And I didn't think that they were going to try and take my, my doubt and be like, okay, see, like God isn't real or any of this kind of thing. And, um, but I would, people would just be like, they would give me just these just ridiculous responses that I just didn't agree with anyhow and 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 be like oh yeah you know well everybody has the opportunity to you know everybody hears about Jesus and if they don't then you know then they're automatically saved and and if they do well then they have a responsibility to seek him out I'm like yeah but you've heard about you know these other faith systems and you don't seek it out so just because you don't seek it out like oops sorry what if you pick the wrong one that God's gonna send you to hell and I'm like and Taylor's like, yeah, that just doesn't really seem like a loving God to me. Like, am I, and she would be like, what, do I have more capacity to love than God does? Because I wouldn't send, you know, somebody to hell. She's like, I wouldn't even send a murderer to hell. Because that just seems like sick and twisted and gross. And why would anyone have eternal conscious torment and burning for the rest of their lives? She's like, that's gross. And I'm just <laughs> like, like, that sounds kind of sadistic to me. That sounds kind of like a serial killer, like something that they would be into. Like, oh, and you're yeah. trying to convince me that this is loving. And right. And I was like, even if you, even if like, then you go to heaven or whatever, and you're with this God, how can you not think about the other people that aren't there? I wouldn't be able to just like live knowing that. Or I don't know, live is like a very loose term with what <laughs> are you after you? I don't know. <laughs> whatever. I love that. I really do really love that. I tell you, have you, you guys read Love Wins, right? Have you read that? read it taylor hasn't i'm i'm i forced taylor to read well i didn't force her i encouraged her to read what we talk about when we talk about god and because we've gotten super into quantum physics since uh, oh yeah, yeah me too yeah <laughs> totally the world and you're like oh my gosh electrons have to spin two times to go around <laughs> it doesn't make any sense and everything is empty space and oh my gosh dark matter and yeah, yeah I saw that after you. I, I saw an article on Dark Matter the other day on Wired magazine, man, and they're talking about how it can interact with itself and it's like this this relational stuff going on, and there might be like atom, atoms and protons and all this kind of stuff in dark matter as well, and it can just yeah. and how it can just pass through things, and it's just like oh my word, you know. <laughs> and you're just like, Holy crap! This is the universe, and like it's happening, and you just don't know it, and. So maybe things just don't make sense. But yeah, sorry. That just went on a completely other tangent. No. Started on quantum physics. No, man, I just, oh, man, I could talk about quantum physics. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and spiral dynamics as well, you know. But, um, I'm going to do a whole episode on spiral dynamics, by the way, for everyone. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and try and do an episode of the podcast on spiral dynamics. Oh, yeah. So, um, Taylor, I told Taylor about spiral dynamics. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. <laughs> I make pages of notes on it. It's just, uh, and I've done loads of research on it, and it's literally changes your entire view of the universe, like, and of and of relationships, and of people, and of institutions, and everything. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right, Chloe? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her about it. I just, I'm just trying to get her through this book first. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's all... No, this is exactly what I wanted, you know, just like, ask the question and we'll just talk, you know, um, I could talk forever, I like talking, um, especially about this kind of thing, but yeah, it's really, um, it's fascinating, but, you know, literally everything is spiritual, you know, everything is connected somehow, and, you know, it's, uh, and there's something of the divine in everything, and we're all connected, and, you know, yeah. I think it changes the way that you see the world when you kind of realize when you realize that. And um, I think I, I initially found that train of thought through Rob, um, and just like I don't I don't even know why I started watching his videos or something, but I just started watching them because after after I had gone after Taylor had challenged me with like all these ridiculous questions and basically made me reconstruct my my idea of who God was or is, Your whatever faith that identity. means. My faith identity. Deconstruction, you understand. Um, and uh, once I, I kind of went through that, and I would just kind of come up with these ideas, like, well, I think that God's like this. And, like, this makes sense to me, and this feels right. And, and, and I would come up with all these crazy ideas about who God is, and I was like, Maybe I'm just nuts, and I don't have a great understanding of the Bible because I don't read it that much. And um, but but these ideas and this God just seems right, and I just still believe that there's something there. And um, and then I found his videos and started watching them, and then I'm like, holy crap, he's saying what I've been thinking, and people have just been telling me I'm nuts, and I'm not nuts, and that was the best feeling ever. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, yeah, my my first episode was was called "You're Not Alone." Um, yeah. By the time this goes out, that will have gone out. So I have to say, was you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have been like, yeah, I listened to it. But uh, I you will listen to it. Will. You will. But yeah, that, we all need to know we're not alone. And on this journey, it's really easy to think you're alone. And I've actually found that we're not. I mean, I'm part of a face. I think you're part of it as well. A Facebook group. Um, for that event and um, it's just so good to go there and have that safe space again to just be able to talk about these things you know because they're and to know we're not alone you know that actually you know there's a few of us on this kind of journey Um, and we're just kind of trying to help other people go to that next stage of consciousness that we're at maybe (laughs) Uh, but without looking back with disdain and without looking forward with fear you know Um, Because to have people who are on the same page and who you can geek out about quantum physics with, and <laughs> who aren't gonna just be like, yeah, you know, no, the world's not this old. That's impossible. Or no, that doesn't make it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. The ability to question and change your mind is really the best kind of people that I can get along with. Yeah, you have to. You have to be. It's the only way that you. The only way that you grow for me is is when you start questioning and you have. And there's no. There's no kind of. You can't just say, well, the, the, no, but I'll, I'll question everything but this and that and the other. Yeah. 
You know, like when when Rob did this talk in London, he talked about the virgin birth. You know, and um, yeah, <laughs> and it was quite quite interesting. You know, like, but he, but the other thing that he did, but he did say that you know, if someone's got an idea and this is what they believe and this is where they are and they and that that's important for them, then you should leave them. You should you shouldn't try and disrupt that and force them out of it. You know, um, I think that's actually really important as well. That's the kind of allowing. That's one thing I've learned from this conscious going through this this process is um, actually some people are in a certain place and it's okay to be in that place and yeah. uh, you just have to kind of meet them where they are and kind of encourage them and kind of open their mind a little bit and move them to the next little click you know and yeah. uh, I call that leaving breadcrumbs <laughs> bread and just like asking questions and then changing the topic really quickly so they don't feel attacked <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. But yeah, trying to trying to just come to terms with where people are, and if they're in a good spot for them, then let them be there. And if you know, but if you see somebody who's like on the verge and they're struggling, and they and you know something that they need to know and would benefit from, you know, tell them, but don't push them too far into, you know, right. If a conversation ever gets to the point where somebody comes on the defensive and you can tell that they feel like they need to be defensive and they're usually not ready to hear what you have to say because mm. you know nobody likes to feel like mm. you know whatever is their safety net is kind of falling out beneath them <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah totally totally yeah well this is we could probably talk about this for ages wouldn't we <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, yeah, it's been really interesting to see Taylor and I in the past like few months just come to very similar place of understanding about um, about spirituality and and just just accepting what might be and what we hope is and just living as if that is true. Um, because well, and even if it's not true, would you live any differently? And man, I think that's, that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself. Like, where is your motivation coming from? Because I feel like inside us, we all have sort of this moral compass that's kind of like that we feel. And so it's yeah. like, well, you know, I'm not just, you know, being nice to people or helping people out because, because I think, you know, when you me point, into heaven, I'm a good person. Or, yeah, I know. Oh. Like, I love people. I want to be nice to them. It's great. You know, it's great when we help each other and give each other a helping hand and stuff. Like, that's why I'm doing it. It's not because... If somebody tomorrow were to tell me that God isn't real, like that, it would change how you live in any it way. It wouldn't, and it bothers me when people say that it would, because it's like, oh well, that's kind of. And where is your motivation lie? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think Rob's talked about this, this example before. Slavery, right? We, like that's there's nothing in the Bible that says slavery is is wrong. Apparently. Um, but we all knew that slavery was wrong. Like people knew, people knew instinctively that slavery was wrong. Like William Wilberforce knew that it was wrong. You know, this is the British guy, the British guy who kind of ended slavery in the in the UK. By the way, if you don't know who he is, it's kind of a made, kind of a big deal over here. Um, um, uh, yeah. So, but he knew he was a Christian. He knew that it was wrong without having to read the Bible. You know, we we there's something in us that knows something is wrong. Like those pic, those pictures that I don't know if you've seen those pictures of um, the refugee um, little boy on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we knew, so everyone, nobody looked at that and knew something was wrong. Yeah, and like, you don't need to read the Bible to know that that's wrong. You know, you don't need to read the Bible to know that killing somebody is is wrong. You know, 
Um, right. you, you don't have to read the Bible to know that the genocide, the Nazi genocide was wrong. You know, you, you just know it's wrong. And yeah. there's something in our human spirit, which I think is, I would say is a divine thing, you know, that kind yeah. of just says, you know, that's, that's, that's wrong. That, that shouldn't be happening. Like, you know, um, the problem is it seems to be often, and I talk about this because I'm an LGBT advocate, you know, I'm a kind yeah. of straight ally. And I, and I get, I see this a lot. Like the, the, the people, like the church seems to be often catching up with everybody else rather than leading everybody else. And it should be the church that's leading these, leading these kind of things. You know, yeah. um, you know, it should be the church leading the kind of um, the uh, LGBT equality stuff. It should be the it should be the church that's leading all the, you know. And it's always seems to be the church behind, you know, the religious religious right, I suppose, you know, yeah. who are kind of behind everything. And, and they say, oh, you're just going with the culture. But I don't. Yeah. I, I would say it's not actually going with the culture. It's kind of more going with what the spirit inside of people is is kind of leading us towards. You know, there's a difference between being shaped by culture and being shaped by something that's going on in human consciousness. I would say. Yeah. Right. And I and I feel like there's a, a reason that certain things like lying or like cheating on your significant other, like there's not a movement happening right now that's saying, oh, like the culture, we're gonna all start doing this, like. We're do, like the culture is doing things because intrinsically you know that it's right and it's wrong. You're not you're not saying it because you're you're trying to get all of these quote sinful things to be acceptable because we all know that it hurts other people. You know when you lie to somebody that's just never really going to be a good thing. Or you know when you cheat on somebody that's you know generally not going to be a good thing. So you know it's not like you're you're advocating for something that you know is destructive. You're at, I mean advocating for love. That's I don't understand how people can't. Some people can't really wrap their minds around. Well, yeah, that. and I think I think a lot of the argument against like finally America got its shit together and like <laughs> it said that it was okay for gay people to get married. Gosh, um, thank God, man. But um, just most most arguments against it is just that the Bible says it's wrong, like, and that's it. And and sometimes they'll have some shoddy arguments about how. You know, oh, families and children, and I'll, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> but, um, but even so, like, even if you do believe that that God thinks it's wrong, and that's and that's just the end of the conversation. Well, then, what does that say about your God? You know, why, why, what's the reasoning behind two people in a loving relationship wanting to love each other, love each other, just like straight people do like what it doesn't make any sense so if you believe that well then why why would your god make that uh, a law or a rule or why would he make that wrong that doesn't make any sense yeah and I, I always say there's like five passages in the bible about it and when you read them in the context when you look at the the history when you look at who they were written to and when they were written and why they were written the whole the whole kind of category of same-sex relationships as we know it didn't even exist yeah. so they can't so they, so they can't have been talking about monogamous committed same faithful same-sex relationships because they it didn't happen you know they're talking about pagan worship and prostitution and infidelity and promiscuity and all that kind of thing which we all know is wrong we all know that's wrong anyway we don't need you know you know like having loads of sexual partners probably isn't a healthy thing to do is it yeah. and i mean if you just look at Jesus spreading like okay that makes sense it makes sense like even Taylor said like when when it says you should only have sex with like your wife or your husband and you should stay with them well that just makes like that's just healthy like disease aren't going to be spreaded 
or yeah. spread. So like that just makes sense. Okay, I get it. I yeah. get why I didn't say that. Right. Whatever. Done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? This is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 I, always, I always love it talking about these with other people because you often learn more, I think, like you were talking about the creative process, it's interesting. Like when you've got other people there and you're, you're, you've got sounding boards, you know, and you kind of have it reflected back and you, you get something different and you go, you learn more. And I think, I think we've all learned a bit more today. Uh, <laughs> I, think there's, I think we could definitely, um, definitely uh, talk about this a lot more. Uh, don't get us started. <laughs> Just come hang out with us one night, and uh, and you won't go to sleep. <laughs> we'll just be up talking forever. So, just bringing it back to your music. Um, when are you going to be recording? When are you going to be recording something, something new? Um, when's the next kind of recording session going to be? That's a good question, um, of which we are unsure of, um, just because. It's so expensive to go in studio and make new music, and um, and I just hate crowdfunding. <laughs> With all of my heart and soul, I hate crowdfunding, but I have to do it, and um, it's just going to take some time and uh, to forget how terrible it is, so we can do it again. <laughs> well, I think I think the biggest thing with us is being independent artists. It's you know it's it's new and it's not new. Um, I mean. It, in the idea of an independent artist as it is today, as it relates to the internet, um, it's been going on for a few years now, um, and people are starting to really understand what that model looks like. You know, before you just had the labels and they, they were your income source, and that was how you got all of your projects done. Um, and I, so I think for us, it's really balancing that um, idea of being able to, you know, crowdfund and, and say, okay, I, you know, in order to get this done, like I need the people who care about my music to, to support it in that way. Um, but at the same time, we don't like just going back to back to back and like going back and asking people. We like to give some like breathing time, some mm. breathing space, be like, okay, here's what we have. This is what we're giving you. Um, and, and I think our idea has always been, you know, when we, when we do a campaign, it's saying, okay, if people really are interested in hearing new music and they want something new new from us, then, you know, things will generally work out. And if they don't, and if the campaign fails, well, then that tells us something, too. Not to be said that you shouldn't put hard work into these things because, you know, crowdfunding, it takes a lot of work, a lot of just shameless self-promotion and saying, <laughs> help, I need your help. And that's the reality of things. And that feels um, terrible. <laughs> yeah, because you're working within a market where, you know, you're also in the same space, even though you're independent, you're in the same space with other artists that, you know, if you're trying to get the same quality of record and music and whatever, and you're trying to do it on a significantly lower budget, well, even that significantly lower budget is a pretty, like, mind-blowing amount of money for, <laughs> you know, people really think about it. It's like a college education mm -hmm. to get a record done, so... <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of educating people, but also being thankful for what um, the way that people have supported you and not taking that for granted. Yeah, and you know, mm. being respectful and polite of that. And so I think for us, it's it's understanding. Yeah, when people do start saying, "Okay, when's the next thing coming out?" When we start getting a lot of those comments, like, "I want new music," "I want new music," like, "I'm ready for it now." Um, mm. Then then we're like, "Okay, well, people are asking for it." Um, 
So hopefully when we launch a campaign, they're not going to be like, again, they're asking again. You know, so it's that, it's kind of like that, you know, balance. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just going to keep writing and keep uh, just experiencing things and, and reflecting on life and um, kind of figuring out what we want to say for this next thing and uh, mm. go from there, I guess. Just keep going. Well, there's a, as I said, there's a great album out right now. It's called um, um, Unbridled. It's on your, <laughs> it's on, it's on your website, which is what chasinglovely.com. Yes. Yeah. So you can go and listen to it there, and then you can buy it there. So, um, um, I uh, yeah, I, I can't recommend that more. It's re- I've got to say, it's actually been a really, really important album for me this year. It really has huh? kind of inspired me a lot. So, um, I, um. That's the truth. And it will inspire you if you listen to it as well. Um, so go out and get it. It's very, very cheap. And um, it's, unfortunately, it's not on iTunes, but you can buy it and download it and in all sorts of ways. Um, so go and check that out, definitely. Um, <laughs> and you guys are on Twitter as well, aren't you? Um, Chasing yeah. Lovely. Um, yep. Yep. Everything is under Chasing Lovely. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Pinterest, <laughs> everything. We're Google chasing lovely. All of it. You'll find us. Arise. We're everywhere. Can't stay away. <laughs> I just wanted to. I, I I didn't ask you this beforehand, um, but I I just think I'd, I'd it'd just be nice to end with um with you doing a bit of with you maybe performing something, singing something for okay. for us. Well, can you do that? Can you do that, like, like an acoustic kind of live yeah. thing? Yeah. Like, um, Unbridled, maybe? That'd be a really good okay. one. Okay, we can do that. I'm glad you have, like, one in mind, because I, I, we always ask you, oh, which one? I don't know, you just go with whatever you want. And I'm like, well, I like all of them. They're my songs, so... Yeah. Here, I'm going to my chair. Okay. So... Like, stand. <laughs> so, uh, just before I, just before you start, um, this is, uh, it's been really good talking to you, um... Um, obviously, we'll talk after the podcast is finished. <laughs> yeah, we have our private conversations outside the recording. Um, but um, yeah, just it's I'm really, really it's been really fun talking to you and talking about all these fascinating things. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, it's a And getting to know you and stuff, and I'm def- we'll definitely have you back because hey. you're awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, everyone, this is um, Chasing Lovely with a, a live exclusive acoustic version for James Talks of Unbridled. So take it away.